um, in praying about what the Lord has for us for this year. And so today, we're not going to dive directly into Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Um, I wanted to take today, um, partially to do an introduction like we just saw, but also to kind of frame the context in which I feel like the Lord is calling us to study this book. Okay, so we're going to do that this morning. All right, as I mentioned last week, um, the entire redemptive process that we all needed began with Adam and Eve and and his move through history, history to where we are today. And so our focus in, in studying the book of Hebrews is to learn and to be encouraged by the details of our redemptive story. Okay, and we're going to do that in a twofold way. Um, so t- let, me, let, me, let me break down what I just said. The Bible is the redemptive story, what God is doing in the lives of his people. And as I mentioned last week, that is our story as redeemed people, right? And so our focus in studying this book is to look at our story so that we can know it, so that we can understand it, okay? And I said we're going to do that in a twofold way. And this is the first, we're going to do that so that we can share that story with other people, okay? And then secondly, we want to share that so that we can help them find themselves in the story of redemption, right? This is not just for us. It is for God's people, for all people, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about today is focusing in on the details, this means we're not going to just fly through this book. You guys know my personality, and I like to get things done. And often the way that comes out of me is by doing things quickly, okay? This is not going to be one of those things. I have this thing kind of mapped out in, a, in, in some sort of a form, and it's going to take the year for us to study this book, which is not anything new for us for sure. We're going to do as this video that's put together by the Bible Project. We're going to do what it suggests. We're going to take the time to look at the references in the Scriptures. Those are important details for us. And we want to do that so that we can fully understand what the author is talking about. They mentioned in this video, and as I've studied prior to this, it was understood by the author of this book that when he makes mentions of things that happened in the Old Testament, that people knew exactly what he was talking about. That's why he doesn't take the time to break that stuff down. Well, we haven't lived in that time period. We haven't heard those stories in the detail that they've heard those stories. So we're going to take the time to look up those details. Some of that's going to happen here on Sunday mornings, and some of it is going to happen in life groups, okay? Um, the reason we're not going to look at all of them every Sunday morning is because in just verse 1, there are 23 references, okay? We would be here a long time, okay? But my hope is, is that between what we talk about on Sunday mornings and what we talk about in life groups and what you look at in your own time, that all of us begin to absorb these details to understand our story, to pick up the details that we may not have picked up before, okay? These references are so important for us because they show the continuity of what God has been doing throughout the redemptive history of His people, right? I know often when people look at the Scripture, they look at the Old Testament and they look at the New Testament and they seem disjointed often. You read the stories in the Old Testament and then you read stories in the New Testament and you say, is this the same God? And it is, And the reason that we often misunderstand those things is because we've missed all the little connectors. We've missed the details of what God is doing, 
Okay, so we're going to take time and we're going to read those things and we're going to connect those dots in our minds so that we can understand. It's going to give us a more complete view of what God is doing as we connect those dots. I have a friend I was thinking about this week that in the course of conversation, he will quote so many scriptures that it's hard to follow what he's saying. I don't know if any of you know someone like that. And it's not that his motives are wrong. He really is trying hard. But, but what happens is, is that he, get, he gets lost in his own head sometimes. He's trying too hard to share the gospel. And that's not what I'm going for here. The purpose of this is not to study details so we can gain up a wealth of knowledge that we can just regurgitate on top of people. Okay? The purpose of this is for us to, to understand, to digest these stories, to these details in a way that we can connect the dots for other people as we have conversations. As we do this, it's going to shape our worldview and we're going to begin to see the world as God does. We're going to begin to see people as God does because we understand the story in a greater way. Okay, it's not a, this is not a desire for us to just learn a bunch of facts but rather we would see the goodness of God in His eternal plan, that we would see His great love for His people and how He has been working on our behalf since sin first began. Hebrews was written to remind the church of what they already knew. Think about that. This book was written to a group of people, we just discussed this, that knew these stories. It was written so that they could, so that they could be encouraged by them. The expectation is that they would share that encouragement with others. And that brings us to our first goal, right? Is to share the story. I want to ask you a question and just say it out real quick. We're going to be interactive for just a minute so I can make sure I got everybody's attention. Who is the best storyteller you know? Just throw them out there. You can say them all at once. It doesn't matter. Grandpa. Grandpa. All right. A sister? Anybody else? Mine's Jerry Clower. Okay. If you've never listened to Jerry Clower, see me afterwards and I'll hook you up, okay? I love Jerry Clower because when he begins to tell a story, and if you've heard one of his stories, you know what I'm talking about. Immediately, you are in the backwoods of, was it Mississippi or Alabama? Mississippi. You're in Yazoo County, Mississippi as soon as he begins to talk, okay? And the reason that you are transported is because of the details, right? There's something about the way he tells those stories. He brings details to those stories as you're listening that you, you very clearly pick up on the fact that he was there, right? He was in that moment. It's important for us to understand that telling our own stories are easier than telling someone else's because there are details that we know, right? They're in here. When I think about things that have happened in my life, I don't have to contemplate how to share the details in an organized way so that I can say it so that someone understands it. I'm just, I'm just remembering and it's just coming out, right? That's how we tell stories. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I don't use other people's sermon illustrations. You know why that is? It's because I'm not good at it. You know why I'm not good at it? It's because details often get lost on me. Right, And as I share things, I'm sharing stories from my own life that I think will help bring light to what we're trying to understand in Scripture. But I tell my own stories because when I do, the emotion that was happening in the moment comes out of me. Whether it's angst or excitement or, or comedy, whatever it is, 
All of that comes out of me as I tell those stories. When we tell stories that are our own, they carry a weight that otherwise is not there when it's someone else's story. Do you see where I'm going with this? When we struggle when trying to share the gospel with others, it's often because it feels like we're trying to sell someone else's story. It's because we haven't, we haven't taken the time to fully digest all of what God has done for His people. That's why I'm excited about this book because it bridges the gap between the Old and the New Testament. It allows us to take time to dig in to the part that honestly I've often neglected because it was difficult to read, right? We're going to learn the details of who we are as God's people. The details are what make a story great. Have I ever told y'all the, the story about my friend that got shocked by an electric fence like three times within a few seconds? Have I told you that story? If I haven't told you, I'll tell you another day. It's a great story, okay? But the point I want to make is, is that if you weren't there and you don't know what happened around the context of that moment, you can't understand why it's funny. Because if I say to you, someone got electrocuted three times, you go, God, Will, that's kind of, that's not funny, dude. That, they, are they okay? Right? But if I tell you the greater context, you go, oh, that's funny. He's dumb. Right? He's not dumb. He was in the moment. It wasn't his fault. Listen, I, I know the details of that story because I was there. I know the context. I know the emotion. I know the laughter. I know the confusion. And I can communicate those things because it's my story. Right? As we study this book, we're going to look at the details. And we're going to discover the emotion behind why the author is saying what he's saying. Where there's confusion before, there's going to become a wealth of knowledge because now we go, aha. It's my hope and my goal that we have a lot of aha moments. This story of God's redemptive work will begin to feel like it belongs to us. As we study this book this redemptive story is going to become our story. And then when that moment comes that it's time to share, we're going to be able to. That brings us to our, second, or our next point is that we're going to help others find their place in the story. Right? See, so we, we've studied. We're beginning to understand. We're beginning to, to feel like this story belongs to us. And then as the Holy Spirit leads, we're going to get opportunities to share that. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. This is something that Bethany and I were talking about last night. But anytime you learn something, there is a really good chance that one day you're going to get to teach somebody else that something. I'm not talking about, you know, your K through 12 education. This is certainly true of your college education. But I'm talking about real world life lessons. When you learn something new, there's a real good chance you're going to get an opportunity to teach someone else that same lesson one day. And when you begin to realize that, and as you get older, you pick up on that much more quickly than you did when you were young. So this is just a heads up for those of you that are younger than me. This is how this works. When you learn something new, whether it's a skill or a life experience, you're going to figure out real quickly that it's important to capture those details and to remember them because one day you're going to have to teach somebody else that same thing. We're not... We're not learning about all of this 
We're not learning about our place in history, our place in the redemptive story just for our own benefit. Yes, we're absolutely going to benefit from it. But it's much bigger than that. There's a clear expectation throughout Scripture that we're to share with others what we learn about who God is. We talk about that on a regular basis. Our, our mission statement is leading people to know God. Right? Yes. Shake your head yes. It is. That's our mission statement. And, and I can't lead you somewhere I've never been before. I can give you directions, but you're not going to make it. And so for us, as we study this book, the goal is that we're going to learn these details. We're going to grab a belonging in this redemptive story so that we can lead people along with us. The most obvious example uh, of this is found in Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. We know this story, this, this scripture, we read it often. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Sharing what we have learned about God is how we help other people find their place in the story. As I learn about who God is, I'm finding my place. And then as the Holy Spirit leads and gives me an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, it's my story, my redemptive story. When I share that, that's going to help them find their place in God's redemptive story. Our testimony of God's grace and forgiveness are needed as much today as they were when this book was written. This process of helping others find their place begins by building relationships with people in order to earn the right to be heard. This is something we have um, talked about a lot and often I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Doesn't do any good, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay? We talk about the blessed acrostic. Begin with prayer, listen to them, eat with them, serve them, and share the gospel. It reminds us not only of how to, how to build these quality relationships, but also why we do it. We're doing it. The ultimate goal is to share the gospel, is to share this story that we're a part of. If we truly love others and we want them to know that God loves them, then we're going to share it. God wants everybody to know that he has been working since Adam and Eve, since sin entered the world. God has been working to restore the relationship with his people. And as his redeemed people, it is our call to share that story. In blessing others, we have the opportunity to draw on the knowledge that we have gained through study and personal experience that we have from abiding to tell the story of our own redemption. The combination of what we've learned as we studied and the personal experiences we have in abiding. When those two things come together, we have a story that is powerful. Not because we're great storytellers. Not because we're a Jerry Clower. But because it's our story. In sharing our story, we open the door for others to become part of the story too by receiving salvation. That's the goal. Or that's the beginning of the goal. Right? Because we want them to know Christ as Savior. That's part of our distinctives. And then from there, we want them to begin to this process themselves where they begin to discover the details of their redemptive story. As we walk out our faith in front of people in our lives, we become a living testimony of how much God loves His people. 
People see our sins, they're aware of it, and then they come to understand that God forgives us and loves us in spite of our sins. And then they think, if God can love Will, then surely he can love me too, because that dude is messed up. Amen? Oh, okay, good. Hebrews is a story of our redemption, and it isn't just a story that we share with others. It's a story that we need to hear over and over again too, right? Hebrews was written to encourage a church that was struggling. So the last point I want to make today, we're not done, but this is the last point, is that finding encouragement when we need it most. Cassandra, I appreciate your testimony this morning and you sharing a struggle with us. And it's something that I hope all of us become comfortable doing. I've pointed out to you guys before that so many of you are heavily involved in the ministry of our church. And we're a small church, and there's a lot of needs that need to get met. And a large number of needs and a small congregation can quickly lead to burnout if we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. And that's something that's always on my mind. We see it happen in other churches all the time. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in ministries that I've been in charge of. I know that there are many here today that are privately struggling with things that are hard in their life right now. When things seem hopeless or difficult, God wants us to remember that He is good and that He is with us and that He wants our very best. This book was a reminder to a church that was struggling of what they have in Christ as their Savior. Often when life gets tough, we need the same reminder, right? There are many of us in this room who have have a long relationship with Christ, but that does not negate our need for a reminder of how good God is. As we study through this book, we're going to be challenged. We're going to have to face difficult reminders of past events. That happened for me this morning in worship. The enemy's putting in all this negative stuff, these mistakes that I've made in the past, and we've got to push past that stuff. Okay? Or we're going to find ourselves in hard circumstances. But this book will be our encouragement because it was written to a group of people who were struggling. We're going to talk about that a lot more next week. But this book was meant for encouragement. It's going to be our reminder, just as it was theirs, that when life is hard, God is still working. Even when we can't see it, God's working. Yeah, they're all singing the song now, aren't you? We're going to be reminded of this because we're going to see the truth play out time and time again in in our lives of those who came before us. The author is going to continually point back to the lives of the people in the Torah right? We're going to see God work in their lives during difficult times. In every situation, God's working to bring us back to himself. He wants us to know him better. Seeing this over and over again in scripture is going to train our brains to see hard things, not as God forgetting about us, but the exact opposite. That when life gets hard, God's not forgotten us. He's working in us and through us. Yesterday morning, I got, um, or afternoon, I don't remember when it was, my week's been a blur. Yesterday, I got a text from Leah about making space for sharing testimonies that she talked about this morning. I was so excited when I got that text because it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and we've made mention of it for the last couple of years. And I'm excited about it because it fits right into the theme of what God's got us talking about for the next year. We're going to get to share the stories of what God's doing in our lives where it's things that are difficult or things that are wonderful. God is going to be working in the lives of you guys. 
whether it's working in your own redemptive story or in the stories of people that you know. But we're going to have a dedicated time each week that we can be encouraged by what God is doing in their lives. We're going to look at scriptures uh, as we're going through this of things like this, things that we need to hear. This is one that's referenced, um, I don't remember which verse I pulled it off of, but it's Psalm 118 verses 5 through 6. I read this as I was doing my study this week. It says, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? These are testimonies that we need to hear. As I was thinking about what this was going to look like for us yesterday, and Mickey uh, McManus immediately came to my mind. I know most of you guys know her well. You may not know, however, that Mickey's been able to be here for the last year for some medical reasons, things that, that are struggles in her life. However, she is super active in our life group, and she is our uh, Wednesday night prayer warrior for Next Gen Ministries. And Mickey's got short stories to share too, but since she can't be here, I wanted her to feel like she had an opportunity to be a part of this. And so I called her and said, look, this is what the Lord's speaking. This is what we're going to do. And as God leads, if you've got a story to share, just record it on your phone. You can do an audio recording or use your selfie camera or whatever. And I, I want to extend that invitation to you guys as well. If you're nervous about walking up here and holding a microphone, selfie cam that thing. Everybody's good at taking a picture, right? Taking a little video. You can do that. We can play it on the screen. If you want to be here, but you got a quarantine, but you got a story that God's put on your heart that you need to share, record that bad boy. Send it to me. Send it to Leah. We'll put it up on the screen. We're going to share it with the church. Because guys, this is important. We have a story that's worth sharing. And we don't need to let little things like sickness get in the way of that. Sickness is a big thing, especially right now. But we got technology and we know how to use it. So we're going to take advantage of that. Okay? We need to hear about what God's doing in one another's lives. This is a major source of encouragement for the church. And it's one that we often neglect. I want to close out today with a verse, uh, verse 1 in chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews. It just says this. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. In his final words to the church, the author reminds them to love one another. He is reminding us of Paul, uh, what Paul said and also what Peter said. Look at Romans 12.10. It says, and this is a, a reference that I was talking about a while ago. It says, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. And then 1 Peter 1.22 says, since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for one another from a pure heart. Love one another constantly. Sharing the story, helping others find their place in the story, and finding encouragements are all acts of love that we can do for the body. This is our directive for this year. We are to read and proclaim a story that is worth sharing. Leah uh, let us off with this passage this morning, and it was so fitting, and I want to read it again, and I, want to make, I just want to point out a couple of things, and then we're going to pray. This is 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is what John is saying. Listen to it, and think about it in terms of what we just talked about. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, and what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have observed, and what we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and we declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we also declare to you 
so that you may, have, may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The disciples shared their story. They shared what they saw and what they heard with their own eyes and with their own ears and what they touched with their own hands. Church, God has given us His Word that we can study and that we can know Him. Things that we can take in. Details that we have overlooked. God wants to write our redemptive story on our hearts so that we can share it with other people. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I'm excited about the work that you're doing in the life of our church. I'm excited about the the opportunity for growth that you've put before us. God, it's my my heart's desire that we wouldn't get um, bogged down with expectation as much as we would be encouraged by the work that you're doing. Father, as we go through life this week, whether it's a busy week, a slow week, a good week, a hard week, Father, I ask that you would keep our minds on you, that you would give us eyes to see your activity, ears to hear the things that you're saying. Father, that we could share that with with one another, with the people that you have in our lives. Father, as we study the word this week, I ask that you would reveal yourself to us in ways that we haven't seen you before. Father, that you would help those details to sink into our hearts in a way that we can help connect the dots in other people's lives and in our own lives. Father, that we could be a part of the story and that we can share the story. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.